Reading of our gospel lesson, you may be seated. The reading of our gospel lesson today, Luke chapter 6, beginning with the 17th verse. Reading in Jesus' name. Now Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to him to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. And we have more of the reading too. Is it up on the screen? It's not in my notes. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Here ends the reading of the gospel lesson. As a person encounters the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, as a person has an encounter with God's word from the Holy Scriptures, as Jesus enters in and begins to change a person, Jesus actually completely upsets our value systems and our way of viewing the world. Jesus has a way of turning things in our lives completely upside down and then right side up again, causing us to, to, uh, to wonder, are the things that I have been taught, are they really in accordance with the truth? Are the values of this world, are they really in accordance with God's word? And he does this in a powerful way in our gospel lesson. What Jesus says today in Luke 6, 17 through 26, particularly verses 20 through 26, completely upset our beliefs about riches and our belief about success and our belief about happiness in our world. Where are true riches found? What is true success? And what defines true happiness? We see in the beginning of our gospel lesson that people sought after Jesus. They wanted to hear Jesus preach and they wanted to be healed by him. Those who sought Jesus were poor. They were hungry. And they had great sorrow. Even those with monetary wealth, even those who had all of the riches 
in the world, those rich people who sought Jesus, they also understood that they were poor, that they were hungry, and they had sorrow over their sins. And when they left Jesus, they were made rich. They were made rich by the grace of the kingdom of our Savior. When they went away from Jesus, they went away blessed, satisfied. No doubt their, their mouths were filled with laughter as they left Jesus that day on the plain. Today, many seek after riches, satisfaction, joy. They desire to be filled in life. But where are true riches? Where is true fulfillment and where is true joy found? First truth for today. Riches are not found by gaining piles of money or by gaining more things or by gaining more success or popularity. True riches, true fulfillment, laughter, joy are found through recognizing the poverty, the hunger, and the sadness of our sinful condition. It isn't until we come to recognize that we are sinners that we can truly be made rich again. Jesus bestows true riches. He bestows true fulfillment and true joy. And he does this. It is poured out to us and on us through the cross. Through the cross. True riches are found in Jesus who was crucified. Not in the marketplaces of society that offer us so much, but actually end up distracting us from Christ and the source of true riches. True riches are found through the crucified Savior who shed his precious blood for you. The problem with seeking riches, piles of money, success, popularity, is this. Money does not equal riches in God's economy. In God's economy, money actually, there's a great risk that comes with money. Money equals poverty in God's economy. Think of that. Doesn't that upset our values? In God's economy, money equals poverty. God says you want to find true riches in what this world offers. If you want to find true riches in, in, this, in this society that we're living in, you'll only find what, what moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That's all you'll find in the economy of this world. True riches are found in Jesus Christ and following him. 
Today in our world and in the society that we live in, we hear of unimaginable wealth. But in God's economy, that's actually can equal if Jesus isn't at the center of it, that wealth actually equals unimaginable poverty. Unimaginable and deep poverty. Poverty of the soul. Poverty of the soul. Some believe, and I've been guilty of this, I'll finally be happy if only I could have a big pile of money. If I could only buy all of these things and acquire all of these neat things that I dream about, then my life would be better, then I would be fulfilled, then I would be satisfied, then I would have joy. But my friends, that is a lie. That is the lie that our culture teaches us. That's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of our sinful flesh. I've often thought that if I can only achieve, if I can only become successful, then then I would have joy. And I could keep listing other things, but the, the bottom line is this. People, people understand this reality, that there is something missing. Even though they have all the money in the world, they, they are still longing for more, this ever-elusive more. Materialism, money, success, popularity, will never fulfill that, that longing for more in this life. Some have come to the point of despair in their search for the ever-elusive more. You know, these people who have come to the point of despair, they can't achieve it, so they despair and they end up in a terrible position. Many of them become addicts trying to fulfill that desire for more with substances. So we have many who are addicted among us. Others have found it a thrill. The pursuit of the ever-elusive more, it's a game to them. And they gain money and wealth and popularity and they're just enjoying life because this pursuit for more for them is their God and they love that God. But are people really made rich by wealth? I think, and this is in agreement with the scriptures too, the term rich must be defined in a completely different way. It's nothing to do with money. It's taking Jesus' value system and replacing it with our value system and understanding where true riches are found. Some of the poorest people among us in this community are actually the richest. They are the richest among us. They know the Savior. They live depending upon Jesus Christ. Their heart has been made rich and strong by Jesus. They are alive. They don't have anything. They're even looked down upon by society. Society looks at them, mocks them, sets them up as an example of what not to do. But they're alive. 
They're alive in the riches of God's grace with Jesus as their Savior. That's what it means to be rich. And some of the the richest among us are the poorest. They do have piles and piles and piles of money. But Jesus isn't in their lives. They don't know his grace and his mercy. Their heart, poor, their hearts are feeble. Scriptures actually say that they're dead. And people look up to them. People will seek out their books. They'll attend their conferences. They'll put them on a pedestal and and say how wonderful they are because they have achieved such success. But they're dead. They're the poorest among us. Ultimately, we need to view poverty and riches in light of eternity. Eternity. What counts for eternity? Luke 6, 20 through 26. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, listen to this. Doesn't this turn our value systems completely upside down? Blessed are you who are, what? Poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are, when, are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you, and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, For so their fathers did to the false prophets. Today you can be blessed. Today you can be blessed. You are blessed when you come to the realization of your deep internal poverty. When you come to the realization that you are a poor bankrupt sinner, then you are blessed by the riches of the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of the wealthiest people I know, wealthy in terms of monetary gain, these are rich people in in the normal sense of the term rich, have admitted to me their deep internal poverty. And by repentance and faith in Jesus, they have been made rich in their hearts. They are wealthy, they are successful, but they've also been made wealthy on the inside. And then that wealth that they have been blessed with has been used as a a means of generosity to help others and to serve in the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Deep internal poverty 
is the reality of all who live apart from Christ. Deep internal poverty is what remains as we, as we live this life as sinner and saint. When the Holy Spirit reveals to us our deep internal poverty, then we can be made rich, rich by the grace of Jesus Christ. But those who harden their hearts, who strengthen their resolve to live apart from Jesus Christ, they remain in poverty, ultimate poverty today of the heart and poverty for eternity. So how is it possible for this internal poverty, this internal poverty that affects my soul, my soul, Pastor Adam Jensen. How is it possible for this internal poverty to be turned into the never-ending and eternal riches of Jesus Christ? 2 Corinthians 8-9 gives us the answer. In 2 Corinthians 8-9, we're given this beautiful promise. St. Paul writes, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he, Jesus, was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that his, by his poverty you might become rich. There is no one richer than Jesus. He is the creator of the universe. He owns the universe. Yet for your sake he became poor. He was born in a stable. Remember that? Born not into riches and wealth, but into poverty. For your sake, he became poor. Jesus, true God, he was without sin. Not only is he the creator and sustainer of the universe, but, but he is perfectly holy, perfectly innocent, perfectly God. This Jesus, glorious beyond all imagination, took our eternal poverty upon himself. He took our sin upon himself, upon the cross. Jesus willingly, and for your sake, took your sin. He took my sin, and he took the sin of the whole world and he made it his own. The punishment that we sinners deserve was laid upon Jesus. Jesus was charged guilty of the sin of humanity. He who knew no sin became sin. He experienced the deepest internal poverty that can be imagined. He did that upon the cross. He who knew no sin became sin, so that in him we might be made rich, rich by his very righteousness and holiness, rich in grace. Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' holiness, Jesus' riches of grace given in exchange for my sin, for my internal poverty. So now, brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I stand in God's presence, clothed in the luxurious robe of Christ's righteousness. 
He has taken away our sin, and he has given us his very righteousness. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when when God sees me and when God sees you, he doesn't see our sin. He doesn't see that deep internal poverty. When God sees us, he sees the very righteousness of Jesus Christ, which has been given to us as a free gift. You are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. God loves you. He's taken your sins away. And you have been given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. As far as God reckons my internal state, the economy of my soul, when God looks here, he sees no sin. He only sees the very riches of Christ's righteousness in me. I want to close with the story of a homeless man who was made rich. Who was made rich. It's a book that I've read. It's called Building a Healthy Multi-Ethnic Church. This church was planted in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, they were growing by leaps and bounds. And they needed a new facility. And they began to pray. And their hearts were laid upon this old closed down uh, Kmart store in Little Rock. They did a little research. They found out that it was the most ethnically diverse neighborhood in Little Rock, Arkansas. They also found out that it was the, the neighborhood with the most violent crime in Little Rock, Arkansas. And they said, this is exactly where our church needs to be. Our church needs to be right here in this neighborhood. So they begin to pray, and, and they really feel that, that God has uh, given them this, this property. But the real estate agent then called up and said, we're sorry, but the property was just purchased. Their hearts were broken. Uh, somebody from the church said, well, I bought a property one time, and I really wanted the property, so I immediately called the owner and offered him a little more than he paid, or probably a lot more than he paid, and he immediately flipped it for a profit. Maybe that would be the case. So this, uh, this Kmart uh, building was, was purchased by a furniture, office furniture uh, company. They were going to put their office furniture company there. And uh, so the pastor called up and said, I've been talking with my church board, and we feel that, that our church uh, should be in this property, and we're willing to offer you $500,000 more than you paid for it. Uh, the, uh, the owner of this office supply, uh, furniture supply company, said, let's meet for lunch. They meet for lunch. They sit down at the table. The owner of this office supply furniture company who just bought the property said, 11 years ago, I was homeless. He said, I would sleep behind this Kmart. He said, I would go into the Kmart and I'd buy dollar candles when I could afford them and I would sit uh, at night behind this Kmart with candles. He said, one day, a man came to me, and this man handed me a little booklet that explained the gospel. We call these tracts, right? These booklets with the message of the gospel. He said, I opened that booklet, and it changed my life. It changed my life. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ that changed me. It made me rich. He said, I got cleaned up. 
Got into business, now I own this office supply chain. And he said, I want your church to have this Kmart. So today they're meeting in that old Kmart. That's where their church is today. Amazing, huh? Amazing. We are a congregation that encounter people daily, people who are impoverished. People who are impoverished. They may have all the money in the world, or they may have no money. They may not even be able to go into a Kmart and buy a $1 candle to sleep at night. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus looks at everybody. It doesn't matter if they're poor and homeless, alcoholic, drug addict. It doesn't matter if they're wealthy, prominent in their church. He looks at all of us the same. And he says that I love all with an everlasting love. I love all people so much that I went to the cross. And there I suffered. And there I died to make all rich. Not just rich in monetary gain, but rich, riches of the soul. Now this week was, last, last two weeks were very difficult for the cold weather shelter. And they were filled beyond capacity. All of the shelters were filled beyond capacity. And I have to admit to you that it was, it was difficult. It was a difficult couple of weeks. And I also have to admit to you, too, that I didn't really want to come here and visit when the homeless shelter was happening. I don't like the messiness. And so I was convicted. I was convicted by this passage today because of my unwillingness to reach out with the riches of the grace of Jesus Christ to those who are most poor. So may we as a congregation know that we have been made rich. We have been made rich so that we can be generous with the riches of his grace towards other people. I don't like the smell. I don't like the drug paraphernalia. I don't like any of those things that, that you guys don't like either. But we need to know that behind and under the smell and the addiction and the behavior that there are souls whom Christ has died for. And maybe one of those, maybe one of those who come to this homeless shelter, this cold weather shelter, maybe one of those one day will own an office supply store here in Seattle. And he could say, because of this church, and because the gospel was preached through these people, I became rich. Can we say amen to that? Amen. amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for making us rich. Thank you for filling us. Cause us, Heavenly Father, to to be a people who acknowledge our internal poverty, that we may be made rich and that we would then give the riches of his grace to others, that they too would be made rich. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us sing together, Behold the Lamb.